0: Here's a summary of why some animals eat their young in about 30 seconds. So in Dallas Lewis's book, she talks about her experiences as a mother and shares that uh, no matter what stage you are in, in parenthood, it is going to get better. You might have to go through some times where it's like you're on the teacup ride at Disney World. It looks fun when you see it from the outside, but then when you're on it, you wanna get off. But one of the most important things you can do as a parent is let your kids know that you are in charge. And one of the biggest places where you might struggle with that is at the dinner table. Dallas would put food on the table for her kids, give them a timer, and if they didn't eat it, they didn't eat it at all. And you know what they did? They ended up eating the food that she put out in front of them. I'm Andy, and welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast. It's a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club but don't have time to do either. I take care of that for you, especially if you're a busy parent, right? (laughs) All you have is a few minutes to listen to a podcast. And so Dallas Lewis understands that she's a mom and she's gone through it and she has some great encouragement for you and some things that will really make you laugh in her book, Why Some Animals Eat Their Young. So Dallas, what inspired you to write this? Was this just kind of something that was therapeutic for you?
1: It was more, I, I guess it was more therapeutic because I had so many kids all at the same time and there were just so many of them doing all kinds of things. And I, somebody told me at church, she was like, you know what? the days are long, but the years go by fast. And I was like, lady, if you say that to me again, I'm probably going to smack you with a hymnal, but she was right. You know, she was totally right. And so I started writing some things down because I, I figured that I was never going to remember all of the stuff that my kids did. I would never remember all of it if I didn't write it down. And then once they got old enough to where they could feed themselves, go to the bathroom by themselves, you know, do a little, be a little bit more independent, not quite move out and get jobs, but that I had a little bit more time where I could write some of these things down and for a later date for, you know, for a later date that I could, I could figure this out.
0: Hmm. So, and it's interesting that in the beginning of the book, you talk about, boy, uh, you didn't just uh, have one child. I mean, you hit yeah. the ground running. Was, you had <laughs> three kids and, and how close are they in age?
1: So we had our first one, uh, my husband and I got married in March of 2000. So we would always know how many years we'd been married and yes. it was a little, little cheat that we, that we did, we came up with and by October of that year, I was pregnant. And uh, so when our first son turned one, um, our, in, in the following August, our daughter was born in October. And then when she turned one, 12 months and a week after she turned one, I delivered our third. So yeah, let that just marinate for just a minute and it will give you night sweats. You will wake up in a panic. I still wake up in a panic and my oldest is 20. And I mean, it's just, it, 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 it was very traumatic there for, well, right. About a decade, about a decade. It was pretty (laughs) traumatic.
0: Well, I was going to say, do you have any advice for other parents that have a lot of young kids? But I don't know. It it, it gets better. I don't know. What, else, what other advice can you give?
1: Well, you know what? Jeff and I really enjoyed every stage of parenting. I mean, and, you know, not not every day. It wasn't a Disney movie every day. Uh, but it, we really, you know, I enjoyed the newborn stage because I, I nursed my kids and I thought that was very, very special, uh, Jeff, not so much because he couldn't do anything. Literally, he mm-hmm. couldn't make them stop crying. He couldn't feed them. It was, he couldn't wake up in the middle of the night with them. What's he going to do? Just sit at my feet. And, mm-hmm. but, but when the kids started to get into all the other stages, when they started to recognize him that's when he got on board he you know they he walk into the room and one of them would look at him like oh hey dude I know you you're supposed to be here and I like you you're funner than she is (laughs) and you know and then as they started talking and walking and then we did baseball and gymnastics every stage was more fun than the last stage so I mean it was it it, we we had a good time parenting these kids we really did. Hmm.
0: Speaking of Disney, you talk, a, you have a whole chapter talking about going yeah. to Disney, which is always an adventure <laughs> as a parent. And, and you're brave to do it at the young age you did it at. I, I don't know if there's a good age for kids to go to Disney, but if they're under five, boy, that's. No, that's if a- they're
1: under five, don't go, don't, don't go. I wanted to go to Disney because I wanted to go to Disney and oh. <laughs> the kids, you know, my husband, bless his heart. He was like, baby, I don't think this is such a great idea. He was right. He, it was a terrible idea. It was a terrible idea. And we continued to go back. We've taken our kids to Disney multiple times, mainly because it's my mother's ship. I, I really, I, I believe I'm a princess. I believe that my real family is looking for me. My mother assures me they're not. And, but, but I wanted to go to Disney, but when we took the kids, when they were two, three and four, please don't do that to yourself, please. They won't remember it. And you will, I mean, you'll lose your mind. You 100% will lose your mind.
0: Uh, at least you got some good life lessons from it. You talked about how uh, life is like sir, the spinning teacups ride at Disney, right? Yes. That-
1: yeah, it, it, it is. Because, you know, it looks fun. Looks fun. Looks colorful. Looks harmless, basically. Uh, but at the same time, once you get on it, you're going to throw up. I mean, it's just that that, and that's life. Um, and you know, when I saw other people, I saw people on TV, uh, they lie to you, your television show lies to you. The soap operas lie to you. Movies lie to you. It looks fun. It looks colorful and harmless. And yes, you can do this. And then you get in the middle of it and you're thinking, what have I done? Oh, please. What have I done? What have I done? Cause there's no return policy on these kids. They're yours. <laughs> Hospital doesn't call to check on you. They belong to you. hundred <laughs> percent.
0: I, I love the, um, you have some other great just analogies in the book talking about how uh, you were at the Bark Park um, and you <laughs> saw the dogs interacting. You're like, yeah, that is how kids are are, are like.
1: Well, my sister had this uh, a Boston Terrier that, you know, Boston Terriers are not very big dogs, but uh, Flower absolutely thought that she was the biggest dog at the park and she would Pink fights, and, and she really wasn't that kind of dog. But when you got her around other dogs, she would, you know, just bark, 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 bark. That's my ball. No, baby girl, that's not your ball. That's the German shepherd's ball that came with it. And she'd take off running around the bark park. And my poor sister would take off after her. And I'm just standing there laughing, thinking I'm not getting in the middle of this. And but that's what kids do. You know, kids, they even they, they want everybody else's toys. They want their sister's toys. They want their brother's toys it doesn't matter what it is and and you've got to you know just like there's a kind of a hierarchy at the bark park there's got to be a hierarchy in your house too you got to you got to know who's at the top of the food chain and you know for dogs a boston terrier's not at the top of the food chain and in your house neither is your toddler they're not at the top of the food chain either <laughs>
0: And sometimes it's hard as a parent, uh, as a parent to to reestablish that. And I think one of the bigger struggles is, and, and I know so many parents have an issue with this, but I think you had it well figured out. You're talking about in the book. How do you solve the dinner dilemma? You know, when, when it's the toddler demanding oh. or the young child not wanting what you make, what do you okay, do?
1: Well, what do you do with that? All right. I. I gave my kids a choice for breakfast. You can have oatmeal or you can have cereal. Maybe you can even have a waffle. We'll live a little. I'll put an ego in the toaster. And lunch, you know, we pretty much, it was sandwiches or chicken nuggets. It, I wasn't very particular about breakfast and lunch. It just, that was not my hill to die on. Dinner, however, I was willing to stand my ground on that. And you put in front of them what you have made. And tell them to eat it. And if they don't want to eat it, their consequences. And they learn this from a very young age. Children are very, very smart. You either eat this or it's bedtime. That's it. Mm. Those are your choices. You can you can eat this or we can go to bed. And you know, and my daughter was, I mean, I thought she was gonna grow up to be a vegetarian. All she eat, all, all she wanted was fruits and vegetables, so and, and chicken. She would eat chicken. So until she was probably eight or nine all I served is, well, what she thought all I served was chicken. I would put pork chops on her plate. Eat your chicken, baby. I would put a (laughs) beef roast on her plate. Eat your, eat your chicken, baby. Do you want some more chicken? It's very, very good. I would put fish on her plate. she's like, mama, this, this chicken doesn't taste good. Well, I used a different seasoning, baby, but go ahead and eat your chicken. And you know, I never bribed them, I never, I had to set the kitchen timer a couple of times. They can't tell time. They don't know. And, but I'd set it for 15, 20 minutes, you know, and then tell her when that timer goes off, dinner is over, it's over. And if your plate is not moderately clean, it's bedtime Mm. and, and you got to stick to it. And that's the hardest thing is being consistent about it because it's so much easier to just give them what they want. Mm. So much easier. Give them a pizza, give them chicken nuggets. But that's not how you build a healthy kid. They have to have all all levels of the food pyramid, not just chicken nuggets. Hmm. Hmm. Uh,
0: so then let's go here. So you talk about a little later in the book that uh, about anger, and uh, it, it's it's oh, so tough yeah. as a parent to figure out. Okay, what point do I raise my voice a little bit and, and to really get my kids' attention because they're not listening? And you say that you know it's the trickiest of all emotions to channel, but it's necessary. So. How do we do that when our kids just drive us crazy? How do we know when, when, to take that step? And-
1: um, well, I'm learning that still when I've got kids in college and they're still pushing my buttons and they're like, mom, why do you yell all the time? Well, you didn't hear me the first time. I don't think you can hear me unless the neighbors can hear me. So, you know, it's just, it, it, it starts very, very young when they start crawling you know, they they know what no means. I thought my kid's first word was going to be no or daddy. And that's mean. But, you know, they never say mama first. But you've got to you, you have to start when they're young. If you have never told your child no and he's in fifth grade. That's going to be an uphill battle. And that's going to be where you're going to strain your vocal cords, having a screaming match with your, with your fifth grader. And so it really, really starts when they're babies Uh, and, and, you know, and don't touch that. That's mommy's. That's not yours. That's mommy's. And you pick them up, you redirect them. And, but there are days you're going to lose your, you're going to lose your mind before 7. a.m. And you're going to think the day is shot. It's not, it's not. We were none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect parents. And I, I went through a period of time where all I thought, all, all, I, all I did was yell. That's all I did. But eventually they grow out of it and you grow out of it because you realize there are certain things that that is, is a place to stand on. And then there's other things that just aren't. They aren't your house is going to look like a toy store until they move out. And so don't, you know, that, that's not something to scream about. Um, but if it's, you know, safety, get out of the street, get out of the street. That's something, you know, that's something different. Don't push your sister down the stairs. Maybe you should raise your voice for that one. Hmm.
0: All right. Final thing in the epilogue, you, you give some hope because I think it's just incredible the stories of you know, one of your ch- children getting a hole in the back of their head. And, you know, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I want, I want the, you know, I want you to read the book to find out more because it's incredible. You'll read the stories and think, wow, OK, boy, I first off, I haven't had that many trips to the emergency room. So unless we do it. OK, but but, you know, your kids are all I, I mean, it's kind of like they're all in college. They're all well adjusted, mm-hmm. right?
1: They are. They are definitely I've got my oldest. And in uh, his significant other, you know, they've been together since sophomore year in high school and they're now juniors in college and they're thinking about the next step. My daughter is getting a college degree because her daddy told her she had to. But what she really wants to do is get married and have babies mm. because that's what she you know, that that's what was modeled for her. And the best compliment and the best the best gift really that we can give our children. Is a happy mom and dad mm. and hopefully they will want to mimic that and and so far so far that's what our kids are striving for and I couldn't be I couldn't be more excited about it I couldn't be more proud of them um, but please don't take that as everything was hearts and flowers all the time because it wasn't and when you struggle with, especially when you've got little ones you're not by yourself you are you're not alone because these kids it's tough this, this this is tough. We don't ever get to leave our job, especially if you're a stay-home mom. You don't ever leave your office. So there there is hope at the end, because like my my sweet lady at church, the days are long, but the years are short.
0: <laughs>
1: and you can throw a you can throw a hymn to let me
0: know. If it's really hard for you to pray without getting distracted, and maybe you're like me and you feel like, man, I should have this figured out by now. Well, there's a book that's for you that asks those questions and much more. And you can join author and prayer journal creator Valerie Warner in her journey to pray boldly to the God of the universe who's beckoning you to come sit with him, share your heart and needs, and just simply know him. The name of the book is called Pray Confidently and Consistently, and Valerie will be in the 30 Second Book Club podcast next week.